Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezicki. Welcome to Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezicki, along with my friend Mike Kapler. Uh, we get together weekly here on Grace Walk Radio to talk about God's grace and, and about how Peter... Uh, in the Bible said to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a it's a lifetime process. We love talking about it. It helps us to grow, and hopefully, uh, it'll help uh, you as as you're listening to maybe uh, grow in your understanding. Uh, maybe to give you some ideas, some insight as to what God's even doing in your own life in regards to growing in this wonderful grace of God. Well, how you doing today, Cap? Well, doing good, Joel. We we covered quite a bit of ground last week, and obviously you can't go back over all of that again, but we've been talking about why did Jesus have to become a man now that we're past the Christmas season? We, we kind of started this uh, series, if you will, uh, talking about the birth of Jesus Christ and why, why God became a man in the first place, and we ended up uh, going uh, from the birth of of Jesus all the way back to Genesis and, and then back to Jesus again, just trying to trace some of that and, and figuring figuring out why uh, God sent Jesus in the first place and why it had to be a man that was going to win back uh, redemption for all of mankind. Um, so it's been very interesting stuff. You know, one thing that we, we got into in Genesis, we, we kind of... Um, uh, well, we got into a number of different things uh, with the fall of man and, and God uh, performing a sacrifice in front of Adam and Eve. But, you know, uh, Cain and Abel, can we touch on that before we move on back to uh, the the uh, the son of man and, and uh, some, some stories out of the Gospels? We can, and we're able. <laughs> can we start the program over <laughs> after that comment? Hey, man, I've been hanging around you too much. Coming up with those. Okay, all right. Yeah. Send your emails to Joel Brzezicki. We'll give the address a little bit later on, but uh, a little bit later on in the show, as they say. Um, Cain and Abel. Cain was the third human being on the planet. Am I right? The guy was a murderer. Uh, three humans down the line. And, and, and he became a, a murderer? Am I right about that? Was he the third, Joel? Well, let's see. There was Adam and there was Eve. I think my high school math did me good. I think their firstborn would be the third. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe the third person on the planet became a murderer? That's amazing. I, yeah, I've never thought of yeah. it that way. Well, uh, it, obviously it went downhill from there. But Cain and Abel, brothers, uh, Abel performed, uh, brought a sacrifice to the Lord, the firstborn of his flock, because he was a shepherd, whereas uh, Cain was a, you know, a farmer, a tiller of the ground, and he brought an offering... Uh, of, of of fruit, uh, the the New King James says, an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord, whereas Abel brought the firstborn of his flock. And to me, that made sense. I mean, Cain's a farmer, uh, Abel's, the, uh, Abel's the shepherd, you know, taking care of the flocks. Um, but God wasn't pleased with Cain's sacrifice. For many years, I don't think I ever really knew why, but we begin to see, I think both Cain and Abel knew what God had required, even back to what we touched on last week with Adam and Eve, that there had to be, um, we, we needed a blood sacrifice to cover the sin. So um, Cain, I think, probably knew that, but decided, hey, look at look at this tremendous stuff that I've just cultivated here, and, and I think I'm going to give this to God instead. And so he went out on his own, and really what he did was he brought to the Lord a sacrifice of his own labor. His own works is, is basically what he brought before the Lord. Whereas Abel, 
as he was probably instructed, either through his parents or through God himself, uh, brought the, the animal sacrifice, the, the blood that, that uh, I believe God probably had already required. Right, that's something I had never really thought about either until I had heard uh, someone talking about that uh, just a few years back. The, the, fruit, the fruit of our labor just can never gain us anything with God. It can never gain us righteousness. It can never gain us his favor. It all has to be uh, his, his work and his own sacrifice. And the Bible does say that without, a blood, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. And so you can you can bring to God all your best. I mean, you can you can work and strive and struggle, and you can say, "Here, God, look at all these wonderful things that I'm bringing uh, to you." You can be so proud of your accomplishments in front of God, and He's going to look at you and say, "Without the blood of my Son Jesus, there's no remission for your sins. I'm not pleased with the work that you have produced for me." It doesn't necessarily make sense in a human, from a human point of view. I mean, as people in the world think, you know, if, if my good just outweighs my bad, or if, if I'm good enough, I'll make it to heaven. That is kind of just what people in the world think, that somehow they've been good enough, that their goodness is going to gain them favor with God and get them, uh, get them into heaven. But Cain was basically the first example of, of how, well, actually, when, when Adam and Eve tried to cover themselves with the leaf, and God had to provide the uh, the animal covering for them. They were really the first example, and Cain, as you were kind of talking about, Cap, he probably knew that. He saw that. He knew what had happened, um, but yet he brought to God the fruit of his labor, and it just wasn't going to do it for God. Yeah, and I don't doubt it was a good-looking basket of fruit or whatever it was. Cain probably didn't even have to work that hard to, to, to make it happen, because we find out later on that Cain was going to have to work a lot harder after this uh, situation with Abel. But isn't it interesting that Cain got, instead of taking the responsibility uh, for himself, he got mad at his brother, ended up killing him. Now, I'm not really sure. I've always assumed, I think in the back of my mind, that this was the first murder in the Bible. Just getting off the track here a little bit. I, I don't know if that's really the case. Even though it's the first one that's recorded, I'm not sure if it's the first murder uh, that took place on the earth or not. Even though Cain was, uh, there, there were apparently other people alive on the earth because later on, after we find out the, the situation here between Cain and Abel in Genesis, uh, God began to, to, to curse Cain and, and, and tell him his punishment that he was going to have to bear. And Cain said, wait a minute, this, this is too much for me. If, if, uh, if, if you're going to put this on me, I'm going to go out there and, and somebody's going to kill me. He said it, you know, as if as if it was something that, that he, was commonly said. Right. Uh -huh. and, and so I just found that a little bit interesting, too. But moving back now to why did Jesus become a man? Um, we covered a lot of things in Genesis last week, and we just touched on another little thing there about uh, the importance of Jesus getting recognition uh, for, for everything in your life. Because remember the old uh, Christian rock group, Petra? They had, used to have a song out many years ago that said, Without him, we can do nothing. You know, even Jesus said that about the Father. He said, you know, I don't even do anything on my own. I just, see, I just do what I see the Father do. You know, you've, you, look at me. You've seen the Father. Um, even Jesus, the man at the time when he was on the earth, said that, hey, uh, what, what I'm doing here is, is, is God working through me, to, to use a paraphrase there. 
even the demons, Joel, uh, tried to challenge Jesus because of his deity. We're not here, as you said last week, Joel, we're not here to take anything away from the deity of Jesus. He was God in the flesh. Make no mistake about it. But the reason he was able to perform the works that he did, the fantastic miracles and the powerful things that took place, was because God moved through him with an anointing of the Holy Spirit. God was able to use him because he was a man. Remember, that's why God had to become a man, to be born of a woman, so, because it was, it was man who had to win back the authority and dominion that was lost in the garden. Dominion and authority had been given to man by God. Man willingly forfeited that. And it would have to be the seed of a woman that would win that authority back. Of course, Jesus was the one to do that. Uh, but the demons, uh, Mark chapter 3, I'm looking here, Jesus healed many. And, and uh, even the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, they would fall down before him and cry out and say, You are the Son of God. Well, now, why would demons do that? <laughs> you can get a lot of different theories on that, and again, we're, we're not big theologians here, but um, I, I think one of the reasons why is they, they were trying to accuse him of doing what he did as, as, uh, as the Son of God. And, and uh, really what Jesus was doing was, was more because he was the Son of Man with the, uh, the working of the Holy Spirit moving through him. And, and that's an excellent uh, that's an excellent point to make, and, and kind of getting back with that point to how we live uh, this Christian life. I mean, uh, even Christians say, "I'm only human," or you see the bumper sticker that says, um, "Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven." Uh, we're more than just forgiven. The fact is, is that we have the Spirit of Christ indwelling us. And so, if you're wondering why can't I have victory? in my Christian life. Why you know, why can't I do the things that I, I think God wants me to do? Maybe your focus is on the fact that you think uh, you, the, your focus is, is is simply on the fact that you're a weak human being and not the fact that the Spirit of God is with you. Just like the Spirit was with Jesus Christ on the earth, the Spirit of God, His grace, is the power uh, to live the Christian life. And, and it's when, when we get focused on all the things we can't do, or if we get focused on the other side of the coin and all the things we think we can do for God, we're walking according to the flesh. We're not walking according to His grace. So we want to just encourage you that if you want to walk this life that God has, has ordained for you, put your trust in Him and not in, not in your own fleshly either weakness or so-called strengths. Hmm. Well, we were talking about the sacrifices that took place back in, in, in the, the beginning of Genesis and, and, of course, all through the Old Testament. But I think you had a, a verse or two in, in Hebrews, Joel, that, that talked about the, the final sacrifice. Well, indeed, yeah. In Hebrews, um, Hebrews 2 and, and some, uh, in 4, too, I mean, G, uh, Jesus is calling us his brethren. I'm looking in, in Hebrews 2 uh, prior to prior to verse 14, but then when we get to 14, he says, since the children, which is us, share in flesh and blood, since we come to this earth in flesh and blood, he himself, that is Jesus, likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil. The devil, of course, has the power of death, and Jesus wanted to deliver us uh, eternally from the power of death, and he said, that he might deliver those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. Now there is tremendous bondage and slavery 
when you are living this life, even your Christian life, fearing death. There should be no fear when it comes to death because you know that Christ has has laid down his life uh, for you to have uh, eternal life. But he had to become like us, flesh and blood, so that he could overcome this power that the devil had of death. And it goes to exactly to fulfill the prophecy that God had made in Genesis, that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. I just think that this is such a phenomenal love story, is really what this all comes down to. I know we've talked about a lot of things uh, the last few weeks, but ultimately what it comes down to is God's love for you. Um, yes, he died for the whole world, but you may have heard this before. If you had been the only one that he would have needed to die for, he would have come and done it anyway. His love is so great. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not going to let anybody slip away. Well, about 30 seconds left, Joel. Um, we're going to wrap up the program again this week, but we hope you'll join us again next week for Growing in Grace. Yes, indeed. Thank you for listening. And uh, we just uh, we, we make the point a lot that we're not theologians. We just love to talk about this. And hopefully uh, something... Uh, that we've said might have sparked a thought or two in your head and, and helped you to grow in your understanding and knowledge of, of God's grace and of who Jesus is and of, of how to walk uh, this Christian life by the grace of God. If you want to get a hold of us for any reason, uh, you can go to uh, the website, graceroots.org. If you have any questions or comments, we'd sure love to hear from you. Just know you're out there. And I'm Joel Brzezicki along with Mike Kapler. Thanks again. We'll be back with you again next week for more talk about Growing in Grace. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezicki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ.